Hi, welcome to Piloting. I'm Melissa. And I'm Renee. And we're your hosts. Piloting's a podcast for people who refuse to live on autopilot, where we celebrate risk takers, go-getters, and anyone craving a change. How are you doing today, Renee? I'm great. Uh, the Tomorrow, so the day after this episode airs, is my mom's birthday. So happy early birthday, mommy. Oh, yay! <laughs> We love birthdays, and mm-hmm. we love our Pisces. <laughs> uh, inside joke, I had to explain to Melissa <laughs> that my mom's a Pisces and not an Aquarius. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I got that wrong the first time. <laughs> so I've recorrect- I've corrected myself, and now we're back on the, the right path. She's a All Pisces. good. All good. It's just Zodiac stuff. <laughs> it's not life or Which death. Which apparently, Virgos... It- get along with Pisces like they have really good connections maybe that's why my mom likes you Hmm. maybe Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) um but I've been this so this week I know one day we're gonna retire the statement but for now it's still my life which is I'm still looking for a job and honestly the one thing that has come out of that is the ability to like reconnect with people that I haven't really spoken to in a while. Um, And like, I don't know, people have just been really supportive. Like I've had some of our high school mutual friends don't want to call them out on the podcast, um, but reach out to me after they saw something that I posted on LinkedIn. And I was like, that's so nice. Thank you for reaching out. Um, So that's been a fun, fun part of the layoff part. (laughs) Even if we're commiserating about getting laid off. (laughs) Yeah, it it is nice though to feel your feelings, of course. But I I'm like a silver lining. Like, what's the positive that's come out of this? So it's it's nice that it's forcing, or not forcing, encouraging connections with people you've maybe lost touch with or just don't yeah. speak to as frequently. So that's awesome. Tell them I say hi. Yeah. Or tell me or tell me who I they know. are, and I can I will- say hi. <laughs> I was actually thinking, I'm like, maybe I'll manifest this by saying this. I'm like, maybe we can have them on the podcast because through that reconnection, they talked about a career pivot. Um, And so who knows? We love a career pivot. (laughs) Love a career pivot. (laughs) And so I've had a lot of. Oh, go ahead. ahead. (laughs) Oh, no. Finish your statement. (laughs) I was going to say, um, I just, yeah, I've been having an opportunity to fill up my calendar now that I have the time for the coffee shop dates, uh, the Zoom calls, the phone calls and everything. So it feels good to fill up my cup in that sense as well of people. The people cup is good. People cup is important. That's good. Um, what I was going to say earlier is speaking of career, that's actually what we're talking about today. We're talking about raises and promotions. Is one more important to you than the other? Have you ever experienced a promotion without a raise or vice versa? What are your feelings about these sort of two primary ways that most people, I guess, validate or are shown like upward mobility and growth at work and just kind of open up that can of worms. And I, I just know I like this topic so much because we all experience it on our piloting journeys, right? Like we all have jobs where 
no matter what industry you're in, there is some sort of type of promotional element, getting Mm -hmm. a raise element to it. And because money does matter, it's important to have a point of view on these perspectives, right? Of like, would I prefer to have a raise or does it make sense for me right now to have a promotion? So jumping straight into it, um, does one matter over the other? For me, I think it matters for different stages of my career. Uh, So when I think about junior level Melissa, intern level Melissa, starting her career post-grad, moving up and showing that growth, that exponential growth I used to put in my cover letters, that I think mattered more than where I am financially now. So as I look for a job, so this is super relevant, the title, having the senior in the title or or any of that doesn't matter to me as much as what's what are you going to pay me and what are the responsibilities? Like, is this something that I can grow within a – I can still be challenged. I can still grow. But I also know my value and know my worth now. And does that pay reflect that? So I think, yeah, stages for me are really the difference between how I feel about wanting a raise versus how I feel about wanting a promotion. But what about you? Um, I completely agree with you that stages of my life and career play an important role. I will say throughout all stages, I'll never say no to a raise. <laughs> I am all about getting paid. Yeah. That is one piece that has always been consistent. I think like you earlier in my career, it was really important to me to hit these external milestones of title. And I really tracked how well I was doing based on speed. Like, am I getting promoted at every evaluation, which in my industry was annually. Am I able to say in four years, I moved up X number of levels and now I'm at this title. I think where I am in my career today, like you, I think I'm a little more motivated by salary and what I'm paid. And transparently, I might be influenced to feel this way because I actually worked for a few years in an organization that had no titles. And so that period of time forced me to evaluate what does growth and progress look like and how do we track that without these external, what I'm going to call vanity metrics, you know, like in my mind, Mm. a salary Mm. is like the real power of like, what are the resources I'm taking home? And a title has power in certain rooms and certain situations, but there is also a little bit of like an ego to it, like a little bit of, I can tell someone I'm a senior vice president and that doesn't really mean anything about the work I'm doing. Whereas salary, not always, but often does reflect what your actual contributions are. I know I know some people are like, girl, talk to my manager, that's not true. But <laughs> in many <laughs> in many situations, they're not going to give you money to do nothing whereas there are times you do yeah. get new titles and your work isn't like significantly changing. Yeah. And 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 really you are the only person who knows like what you are willing to accept. 
for mm-hmm. the work that you're doing. Like some people, like I, I've had this conversation in my head this week of like, if I find the dream job yeah. in the dream company where I know this could really be life-changing for me in different ways, would I accept a 20% pay cut? I'm asking. I don't know the answer, so mm-hmm. I don't know yet. And But like I think asking yourself those questions are important. And if – and trusting your gut with it. Be like, oh, I don't know because the last job we had where we felt in- significantly underpaid, it affected how we thought of work and our mental health. And so maybe that's not something that is going to be a reality for you. Um, and that's so interesting about the titles because I've personally never experienced not having a title but I could understand how that is so freeing and yeah. nice to not just have that looming over your head all the time because you're right. Like when somebody tells me what their title is, half the time I'm like, okay, cool. But like, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, what does that mean? What are you contributing? Like what's the impact that you are contributing to the brand, to the company? And that is really hard to put in one title because we have our titles, but as we all know, it doesn't reflect every single thing that we do. But it's tricky because when you do leave a company, the vanity metrics do matter because it's not Mm -hmm. like the company knows how much you made. Um, Of course, the goal is to try to up-level that and and make more and, and get a significant raise studies show that job hunt like job hopping can do that for you um but they do see growth on your resume when they see that ladder growth in titles mm-hmm. um and the i think the thing that matters to me more than a title would just be more like clarity and communication around growth, my personal growth and how that, how I'm going to get paid for that. Um, so the path to promotion I think is more important to me than necessarily needing to hit a certain title at a certain point in my career. Um, I don't care as much about that. I think for me, it's less the path to promotion, but like you said, it's the path towards my growing and expanding my skill set. And Mm -hmm. depending on the company or the situation, that growth and advancement might be rewarded monetarily, or it might be like rewarded with a title change or both. But for me, I've also, it's just been messy because I've been in places where I have gone above and beyond. And just depending on how the business structure is, like certain large companies just just based on the way their finances are held up they can only reward people in certain specific windows of time so I've Mm. had friends say like oh my manager and everyone's told me that I'm getting a raise and that like I'm getting a promotion but this can't go into effect for another eight months or for another 15 months simply because of business things that have nothing to do with your individual performance and that's just how the structure of that organization and their money works yeah I've also been in places where people get promoted and their job hasn't really changed they haven't really (laughs) 
and I'm not saying this with any judgment, like there might've been times when I've been promoted where it's just, you're not doing anything wrong. So this is just the natural next step. And it's like, okay. (laughs) Whereas when I worked in a situation without titles, it does take more intentionality from the company culture to figure out how you discuss growth. And it's not for every organization. It's also not for every employee. I don't think everyone loves that. But for me, like those conversations in those evaluations were less about here's how to get you to move up to the next level. It's what did you learn this year? What are new skills you can say, you know, at the beginning of the year, I had never worked with influencers. Now at the end of the year, I've run and led three influencer campaigns. So that's a whole new skill set. Or I have never managed employees before. And in the past year, I have mentored interns and and like new people. Like it comes down to the more tangible skills, which for me is beneficial because those are the things I'm going to talk about in an interview, you know, if I were ever to leave a company or just, you know, in my own growth, like of tangible things that I'm doing versus you just have to check this box so that you can update your business card or change your email signature to add a senior in front of it. So, you know, I think regardless of whether you're using them or not, the intentionality is really important. And I think it drills down to how that company is structured and your manager style as well, because the one thing that irks me that I have experienced is that lack of clarity. And so to me, the the only time it matters in terms of like, am I going to be a senior or am I not, is when there's just no clear answer. Mm. I, (laughs) so real life story, I got a promotion and I didn't even know I was getting promoted until it was literally posted on social media from the company. And because I was like the social person. Surprise. I I mean, yeah, it was, it was cute. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was like shocked. I was surprised. I was like, oh my God, that's awesome. Wow. This is great. But what I didn't, enjoy and what irked me about that is I was not I was not communicated what the path to communicate like what the path to promotion was so to your point earlier like I got promoted what does that mean and how does my job responsibility shift it didn't and so that is like where I get hung up on I'm like oh because because I want to have those conversations on what my impact is on the brand what what are things that I could be doing to ensure that I am helping our clients better? Like, okay, I do brand and social, but we're seeing with our clients, like they need more support with email marketing. Is that something that I should be dipping my toes into? Just mm. getting these like harder questions asked and having those conversations versus I need you to manage two more clients and then you'll be a senior. I know these things that, to your point, like just don't actually matter if I end up leaving the company. And the the truth of the matter is like you might and you are. You're you're thinking about growing yourself as an individual. How are you going to the going to get to that next level of your career? And companies should support that. Should support you growing to not just get to the next level for them, but to get to the next level in life, <laughs> like the bigger picture of a career. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think, I think if, 
I mean, most places have titles. That's sort of the system that we've been grandfathered into. And regardless of your personal feelings about it, you have to play the game. (laughs) If those are the rules of the game and you're in a place that has titles, you should not be like, I don't care about titles. I just want to get paid. Like if, if your company has those, you need to be figuring out how to move up because it's important to them. But it's also important it's money to- money too. Yeah, it's, it's money, money, but it's, it's important to like your customers or your clients or your audience, like whoever mm. it is you serve. Because I've worked in places where, again- whether or not internally we have more flat structures or we're more collaborative, you know, if you have a bad experience at a business, can I speak to your manager? Or if something serious is happening, it's like, well, can I speak to someone more senior? Like if you're having a customer service call and if you're that person who's more senior, I I need to feel confident that if they're pulling me in, I feel equipped to bring that level of gravitas, expertise, you know, the right touch that they're looking for that they're not getting from, I don't really like hierarchies and like above and below, but like from the person they interact with first. And so again, like just saying that you're in the C-suite, but if you don't have C-suite skills, that's not helpful to anyone. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? It's not helpful to you. And it's not helpful to the people who are like, this is a major issue. We need you to say something because you're our CFO. And you're like, girl, I don't know what that means. I just punch numbers. It's like, no, you don't. (laughs) Like this title comes with certain responsibilities. And so we just need to be really transparent about what those are. And that like you said, everyone can be working towards developing those. And it's great that you're the kind of person who is proactive about saying, if you're not giving me stuff, here are things I'm seeing. Is this what I should be doing? Like, are these areas I can grow? I think, unfortunately, sometimes you have to be the one steering the ship of your career. Like, you can't always rely on your manager or your company to point you in those directions. Like, you have to sometimes say, well, you're not giving me feedback or I want to push myself further, even if you are giving me feedback. Like, what do you think about this? Can you help me get here? A thousand percent. I recognize that sometimes it's hard to advocate for yourself. And I fall into the trap of, doesn't my work speak for itself? Like, I look at what I've created, look at the feedback that's been shared from my team, from uh, my clients, you know, from the company when I did this whole presentation, nothing but great things have been said. Your manager is not going to remember that. <laughs> at least they, I can't promise that they're going to remember everything. If, if they're, you know, a, a good manager, um, they, they, may be able to advocate for you, but they're busy. They're also advocating for themselves. So I've learned the hard way to make sure that I'm keeping track of the things that I'm doing so that I'm able to share that and, and, and put forth like, Hey, look how I'm measuring my impact here. Um, and definitely earlier in my career, I fell to the trap of like, but my work speaks for itself. Look at, look at the numbers. Hello. Um, not realizing that I have to be my number one cheerleader. I can't expect my manager to do that for me. And I can't expect my team to do that for me. I have to do it for myself. 
I think that's a um, common trap. I I had that mm-hmm. as well. I, I just I felt like it felt icky. I was like, why am I going around just boasting about <laughs> the things I did? Like <laughs> you were already copied on the email. And if you weren't, it feels weird just to forward. Yeah. Hey, just letting you know someone told me I was a rock star today. <laughs> it's like, okay, we've got bigger fish to fry, babe. But but no, like like you said, people are busy and sometimes A, they're not copied on emails to begin with, so they didn't even know you got that praise. Or they're moving yeah. a million miles a minute, putting out fires. Like I have found sometimes in my career, you have to do the most work advocating for yourself when things are going well. Because I think sometimes leadership and decision makers mm-hmm. are so focused mm-hmm. on solving problems that you can fall into the trap of, well, I haven't had any problems in the past year. That must mean I'm great. But sometimes that also means you haven't had any problems. So you're in an area that people aren't paying attention to. Not, I mean, you should continue to have smooth sailing, but I found that sometimes leadership really knows what you're up to when like there are a lot of fires to put out, when there are sticky client relationships to smooth out, when customers are unhappy, just because it means that it needs more oversight. And like the people who are like, keeping the train on the tracks and doing really well get overlooked by accident just simply because they haven't had to raise the alarm. So you do have to learn how to PR yourself a little bit. I think especially when things are good. I like that. You have to learn how to PR yourself. (laughs) I work in public relations. And so the first time I heard it, it was a big eye roll. I was like, girl, stop. But I, I think there's a lot of truth in that. Like you, sh- you should learn how to PR yourself, know. regardless yeah, of your no, industry. That's a, <laughs> a big, big truth, and I think also setting that example for your teammates as well. Um, the reason why it was brought up to me in terms of like needing to advocate for myself better was because I had a really great coach. She was called Coach because she wasn't my manager. It's a whole thing. <laughs> But she was really my manager. And she did such a great job of literally every time I was given a good note or given good feedback in a group setting, she'd mark it down and she'd send it to me. She would slack it to me and be like, don't forget this was said about the project today. Put it in your put it in your folder of, of goodness. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm like, I – I didn't even think to do that. And so just by her doing it to me, put me in a better practice of doing that. And then I would do it for other people. And I would like copy what somebody said and send it to somebody else to be like, hey, the VP just said this about this campaign and the campaign that you're leading. So, you know, you need to keep this in a folder somewhere and look at it in a rainy day or or put in your annual review because this is great feedback. Yeah, because you know when it's time to write those like self-evaluations in your annual review or just have that conversation, you're like, I don't remember what I did 11 months ago. I can't tell you what I did last weekend, (laughs) much less, you know, like a whole year ago. So it is good just Mm to, yeah, I think people have different names for it. I think mine is called like a high five folder. Anytime someone said something nice, I would just forward it to that folder so I could Mm -hmm. have all of them in one place. (laughs) I like that too. I think I had one that was like kind words or, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So the one thing that the 
the TikTok peeps have been talking about when it comes to raising promotions is this idea of quiet promotions. So how I'm understanding it is you are quiet. It's like quiet promotions or quiet hiring where let's say you're working at a company and somebody leaves the company. And of course, they're going to try to rehire to get that position filled. But in the meantime, that work has to get absorbed by somebody else. So they go to you and they say, hey, Johnny left. We need somebody to pick up Johnny's three clients while we find somebody to fill the position. Um, Looks like this is going to be on your plate from now on. And it's sort of like you don't really have a choice in that. It's like, whoa, hold on. This is mm-hmm. out of my my job scope. Actually, Johnny was a senior level position, but I'm going to be taking on his clients and his responsibilities. What does this mean? So basically, you know, oh, well, maybe we could talk about giving you like a title change or giving you more responsibility, but the pay isn't really equating to that. Mm. Um, and so kind of like how to navigate that and – you know, what, how to have a conversation with your manager if that happens. And I haven't had that exact experience before, but I've definitely experienced things where my job scope changes, but nothing else around my pay or nothing else um, changes. But I've taken on a lot more or my role ends up becoming a hybrid role, which has also happened to me where I've signed on as ex- and then now, oh, well, we over, opened up a whole new offering or we're going to do this now. So you're going to be this plus this. Yeah. And so I've also discovered that of, of <laughs> having two roles rolled up into one role. I have a lot of thoughts about that. And I'm not sure where to mm-hmm. start. I think (laughs) – I know I'm going to say some unpopular things, but that's okay. Um, That's okay. Yeah. I think think part of growing and developing your skills is being stretched to take on more. You don't expand your capacity by carrying the same load all the time. You can't go Mm -hmm. up a weight class in the gym if you're only used to bench pressing – 50 pounds, you're not going to be able to just suddenly bench press 100 pounds one day. You need to slowly up the weight. I'm not advocating for people being overworked and overburdened. I do believe in mental health. I know whenever you try to have these conversations, people take it to the extreme of you're encouraging toxic workplaces. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm saying. I do think, though, you don't grow without pushing and testing your limits. And so I think that is a part of being in an organization. I think. It's tricky, too, if you're salaried versus like an hourly contract worker. I think sometimes the trade-offs for getting the additional benefits of being on salary mean that you do take on extra ad hoc projects that aren't, you know, line item paid the same way that a contractor or freelancer does. But the contractor and freelancer doesn't get the benefits you do. So, you know, that's something you have to think about when you decide what kind of employment works for your lifestyle realistically. I I say that as someone who brought a similar argument to my mother and she laid that out to me and I was like, you're right. If I don't want to do that, then 
I shouldn't be full-time. I should be working as a full-time freelancer. So you have to think about those things. But I also think when you talk about the issue of how do I navigate that with pay, I think that's very gendered. As I think as a woman, speaking for myself, I've just kind of taken things on and been like, well, that's what it is. And I've spoken to some of my male counterparts and they've either told me or one time I actually was like in the room while my male roommate was having this conversation with a manager and it was a completely different energy. He was like, I've been doing X, Y, Z since this month. We need to talk about retroactive pay increases for that time. And like, he wasn't rude. He was very professional, but it was just an energy I would never bring to a conversation as a woman. And I wondered why I was like, he's doing all the kind things while also advocating for himself. So I think there's also a gender piece and maybe why some of us are more hesitant to address those conversations, or maybe it's just a personality thing and it's just me, but seeing him do that, I was like, Oh wow. Is this how men move through the world? (laughs) What can I learn here? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, It's tricky because I've also been in similar situations and part of me always thinks like, oh, well, I want to be known as a team player and I want to be known as someone that they think they can lean on and that I'm going to show up and that I work hard. So accepting the extra responsibility could reflect positively on me, even though it could result in a negative experience. However, I think as I've gotten older and wiser, um, some things that I'm learning, and I, and I think your roommate kind of hit it on the head with this one, is there are options here of how you can respond. And I didn't even know that it was really a place that I could negotiate. So it's not yeah. just like a yes, I can do this, or no, I won't. But there's some like contingent or con- conditional yeses where you could say, you know, all those good things of like, I, given the scope and where we are as a team and a business, I absolutely understand the, the need for us to be lean in these moments and that this position will get filled. And so that if we could equally split it up between our team, that totally makes sense for me. I would like to negotiate a potential path to promotion or a path to a raise because I am opening up my job scope. You know, what you're asking me to do reflects a senior level position and I'm in a mid-level one for now. And so I think it, it doesn't necessarily have to be like, absolutely not, you know, like don't accept that. Like, mm-hmm. no, you should never, you should never work uh, or you should never accept more responsibility and not get paid for it. I don't think that's, that's going to be the answer for everybody. But I think, you know, knowing your company and everything like that, you should, it should be a conversation and not just like a decision. Um, Because it depends. Like it truly depends on what the situation is like with your manager. Because I'm, I'm like you, I do believe that there are moments in time and in work where we have to carry more. And it, I'm thankful for those moments in my career where I took on a lot because I learned so damn much and I feel like I'm a better strategist because of it. If I didn't accept that, then I wouldn't have had the opportunity 
to stretch in those ways. But I also recognize that if taken advantage of, <laughs> which happens, yeah. and and just kind of flagging that of like there's a difference between being a team player and, you know, knowing when to accept more responsibility for your own personal growth. And then there are moments where you're completely getting it taken advantage of by this company and they know what they're doing. Um, and that's not fair. So, yeah. and you yeah. need to have that conversation. I don't think it's a hard than, no or a hard yes. Sorry. I agree. Mm-hmm. No, it's fine. And I think, you need to have that conversation more than once. So like you might say when it's broached initially, I understand this is where we are and we all have to kind of pick up some of the slack until things can be revisited. However, that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean for the next six months you're drowning and miserable. Revisit the conversation in six weeks or two months. Like, hey, you know, this has been a significant period that we've been doing this. Are you able to share updates on what the hiring plan or timeline looks like? I think this is how much, Mm -hmm. you know, this is, you know, you can talk about that. I don't think it's, we made one decision and now I'm just stuck. You can also go back and say, listen, what we discussed, it's turned into a much bigger project now. And I think we need to kind of revisit what I agreed to or what we had aligned on two months ago or you know, a couple of weeks ago, like this is actually looking huge. I think also think about what your long-term goals are. I, I think boundaries are important. I, I, I think having healthy, firm boundaries, but that doesn't mean inflexible to the situation because, mm-hmm. you know, if we're looking long-term, having boundaries is good. But you also don't want to label yourself as the person who's exclusively tit for tat in the organization. Like, I am not giving anything unless I get something back immediately. Because when times are tough, when fun opportunities, like really expanding opportunities come back, sometimes people remember that. They remember, you know what, when I went to Renee, it's always... Uh, oh, you need me to stay late for 15 minutes? Well, here's like the big thing. Or, you know, then it's like, is she someone we want to bring into this thing that's really going to take her to the next level? Is if things are, times are tough when we need to make difficult decisions around hiring, is she someone we want to advocate to like, you know, stay on in this round of layoffs? Or are we like, yeah, she can go. <laughs> you know, she, she's kind of difficult to work with. <laughs> um, so you just have to, you know, all of those things through that doesn't mean that like the right decision for you might still be no I'm never doing that without an immediate confirmation and writing of a pay surplus and if that's what's right for you that's great but just make sure you're thinking through all of the ramifications and opportunities that you know come along with that decision and just you know think it through yeah the opportunity, like you mentioned, could outweigh yeah. the cost of extra work. Um, and then in situations where, yeah, if there is no time frame and you're like, I have literally been doing someone else's job for a year and a half. Whoa, we're way, too long. we're way past the way too long of a time frame. And I think those stipulations need to be discussed. So it absolutely has to be a conversation. I think it's okay to challenge and, and ask hard questions. Mm-hmm. And challenge is not being difficult. Yeah. Um, 
I think challenging and asking hard questions when a company is in a hard place is good because at the after you ask that hard question, really the goal is clarity. So as long as there's clarity and you are under you you know for sure you're under the impression an expectation of like this is how my role shifting here's where we want to pick up the conversation later. Yeah, I think especially if you're in nimble small teams, which I think we both have experienced before, mm-hmm. there are certain flexibilities that you have to have when you're working for a small business, when you're working for a team of 10, when you're working on an agency side and you're really at the helm of, of client needs. And so it's super dependent on your role role as well. But I also, you know, I'm someone who like, I, I know I work for the company. <laughs> like I work obviously for the CEO. I work for the big brand, but I also lead with, I work for my colleagues too. And my colleagues are important to me. And so for me, part of it is like good or bad. Part of it is if I don't take this responsibility and absorb it, who is? Mm-hmm. And so how do we create a system where all of us can be stretched and all of us can help each other out? Because that that's really the teamwork piece. So yeah, if you're the if you're the person who's like absolutely not and shuts their computer off, doesn't, you know, that's hard to do especially in a, like in a small team where sometimes you got to like roll up your sleeves, get in the dirt and, and figure it out with your team. Um so we also say a lot like I work for the company. The company is giving me the raise. The company, the company, the company, this like abstract entity. But you're working with people, even in a company, the people you're talking to, HR is a person, your boss is a person, your colleagues are people. And so understand sometimes that when someone can't give you an answer, or maybe they can't give it to you immediately, it's not always because they don't want to. Sometimes they themselves need sign off from other people. And it's, you know, it's, out of their purview to decide to change your salary. Sometimes they need time to think through all the options and do projections and stuff because giving you a spot bonus, if it's going to mean that we can't make payroll for the whole company four months from now, just practically isn't a good idea. So sometimes there are things like that, that you're just not privy to those conversations and like decisions. And so you're just hearing I get shut down. Nobody hears me. They don't care about me when they're really saying we're not in a place to do that because we want to know that when you expect your pay, whatever that schedule is, that you will get it. And I don't want to promise you something today. And then at the end of the month, it's like, sorry, guys, like money's coming late because we like gave Melissa a little special thing. And you're like, but I've got rent coming and I expected that money. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, you are working with people, whether you like them or not, hopefully you are able to find some people in your workplace that you at least get along with, but it is like a people game. It's not just like me and the big bad company. And the, you know, we could, the company can do some work too of, of oh yeah and, and you're, if you're if you're yeah if you, and if you're a manager how to approach and have those conversations with your teammates who feel uns, unsettled your direct reports who are kind of floundering trying to figure out like 
what to do. Um, I can't tell you exactly what to do in those situations, but as someone who is being managed, I like, I am someone who's sort of like all guts out on the table. I do better with fact versus feelings when it comes to that type of stuff. So you don't need to make me feel better. You just need to, to, to at least, you know, I don't want you to have to give me like secrets of the company, but tell me enough to, you know, get you off my back, get me off your back for a minute or just be like, look, honestly, I've brought it up to my manager. It's, it has, it's a lower priority at the moment as we try to get our business back on track because we lost a really big client. And I'm like, got it. Not the right time. It's not like a personal thing, you know, Mm. all that, all that good stuff. So yeah, just some transparency, honesty, love that reminder that we are all people. I think people f- seem to forget that sometimes when we're in professional context, like situations. Yeah. <laughs> um, so come on, human to human people, <laughs> human to human. Human to human. Um, yeah, it's, it's difficult. Uh, but I always, you know, I guess going back to our initial question, raises, promotions, Think beyond the immediate moment, too. I know you and I were talking before this recording Mm. started about how sometimes when you're staying in an organization, you might not, depending on your organizational culture, you might not care as much about the promotion. You just like want to get paid. But if you're looking to move, then like having those title changes are very impactful. So also look ahead in your career and or just in your life. Like if you're looking to buy a house in the next two years, maybe you just want the cash flow. You're like, I don't care about the title. I just want the more the salary because we have a major finance goal. We're buying a house. We're saving for IVF. Like money is the bigger priority right now. If you're someone who's maybe more career driven or you're looking to, you know, just move into new spaces and some of those external markers might make your resume sparkle and you're like, I got the promotion, but like it didn't come with a raise or the raise like wasn't really what I wanted it to be. If you can still use what you got to leverage that to get where you really want, then that might be, you know, sometimes you lose the battle to win the war. And those are, those are just decisions we have to make sometimes when you trying to figure out what's Mm -hmm. important to you. Yeah. I like that advice. And just, you know, There are situations where it is toxic and it is bad and and all that stuff. So you trust your gut on that, please. You know what I mean? Like, um, know know your limits when it comes to what you're willing to accept from the company and things. Sometimes it's, you know, I've been there before. I've worked at companies where it's really bad. You know, and, and you, you got to get out because you don't you don't you feel underappreciated, you feel underpaid and, and all that. But um, but also something that I should have learned in earlier in my career as well is. Opening up more to have conversations than just completely saying, well, they didn't like that, so I'm done um, and, and yeah. giving people giving the company, giving people opportunities to have discussions about these things. Because this is it's, it's, this is a weird place to navigate sometimes. And and we're in an era in this marketplace where it's just like buck wild. 
um, Mm -hmm. in terms of like layoffs and economy and all these things happening in the world right now. So people are on edge and ourselves included, right? And so, you know, be human about it and and good luck on any of those conversations that you are having. Um, I've seen some good content around like TikTok as well on raises and promotions. It is interesting. I think I've seen polarizing perspectives, but I kind of like that about that space that you're able to share unpopular opinions and it just sparks conversation, which is really what we like to do on this podcast. So, Yeah, I think it's a skill that unfortunately we're losing, at least speaking from my own opinion, I think it's a skill that we're losing in the culture Mm. here Mm -hmm. a lot where we're all just like, and I'm guilty of this, like, let me stay in my echo chamber. I don't want to have a conversation with someone who's going to say something that I might disagree with or that might rub me the wrong way. So I'm just going to opt to remove myself. And I don't think that's healthy. I think you need to, speaking to myself, (laughs) you need to practice being able to not be triggered all the time, but to hear conflicting ideas and, you know, still continue a conversation or learn how to navigate that courteously and, you know, learn, okay, I might, you might not change my opinion all the way, but you have made some interesting points that are valid. And I should take that into consideration, even if it doesn't change my view, that is just something, you know, you can recognize some good points in, in an opposing argument. Um, And the last Mm -hmm. thing I'll say, just to piggyback on your comment about, you know, having more conversations. One of the best pieces of advice I got when I was leaving a company, um, a senior woman there said to me, just remember wherever you go and whatever you do, you're most likely not going to get what you don't ask for. So don't be afraid to ask for the things you want. That's not to say that you'll always get it, but you have a better chance of getting it if you raise your hand and say, I would like a raise. I would like a promotion. I would like to discuss, you know, how I'm being compensated for this extra work that I'm helping with. Not saying that I'm not willing to be a team player, but this is something that I would like to be, you know, recognized for. Or, you know, whatever those other things are, don't be afraid to ask. I think one of my biggest things that I would tell my younger self or myself earlier in my career and life was that I think I just always defaulted to thinking that other people were mind readers. You obviously know all the great work I'm doing. You obviously know that I would want this. Like, obviously this is the direction I would want to go in. And it's like, people aren't thinking about you as much as you think they are. So it's really Mm -hmm. up to me to be asking for what I want instead of expecting people to hand it out to me and dole it out to me in a schedule that in my mind feels appropriate that I've never told anyone is kind of what I'm working towards. Like you have to ask for what you want and you can do that in a very polite, respectful way and it'll move you in that, in the right direction. Yes. Um, Showing up with gratitude first, expressing concern, coming at it with some confidence as well, being confident in what you, you know, what you're sharing, the impact you're making. Um, all of that, I mean, just giving the company, giving your manager an opportunity to to hear what you have to say. And yeah, you got to. I'm I'm the same. 
Yeah. Thought everyone could read my mind. Duh. What? Why, why wouldn't <laughs> I want fifteen thousand dollars more? Hello. <laughs> Duh. Why wouldn't I want to be a part of that awesome project that came in when I've never told anyone that I was interested in this area? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, didn't know you had like an interest in working on a healthcare client, Melissa. Nope. I never told you that. (laughs) Never told you that. We've never had any conversations about health, but you should have known (laughs) that this was my dream. (laughs) That's the thing. You should have known. Why aren't you... (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well, this was empowering. I feel good about having these conversations the next time they they need to come around. Um, And, well, negotiating pay for when I do seek and find um, a new position. So I like that. I should ask for the things that I need. I should communicate it. Companies should listen. Yeah, the worst thing they the worst thing people can say is no. That's it's really not going to get much worse than that. So true, true, and true. better they could say yes. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, who do you want to give a gold star to this week? Okay, so my gold star this week goes to the financial diet. It is an online community business that helps women with their finances and money. I discovered it years ago and I felt like it was just a really good resource on personal finance education and you know when I was paying off debt like what are some strategies there, basics of investing. And they do really interesting content like video essays and they're doing different stuff in the space that's interesting. The reason I really want to shout them out this week is because the founder Chelsea Fagan wrote an open letter. She called it an open letter from a very hard year. And she shared this recently, kind of recapping how difficult 2023 was, both for the business and just for her mental health and things that she was navigating as an entrepreneur running this, you know, company in a changing environment where you know, they do a lot of work on social, they're changing algorithms, customers want different things, you have to constantly keep up with the new technology, like, it's exhausting. And, and I just liked her vulnerability in the letter, I'll I'll post a link to it in the show notes. She shared the letter to tell you what she was going through as a business owner, and to announce that they were going to make some business shifts this year. And I think so many companies focus on just looking perfect. And here's our announcement. This is our new business model. Here are the shifts coming. But I think it was really powerful to hear her be so open about this is the toll that it's been taking on me. And this is why we're making these changes. And she shared a lot of things that weren't business related. It was about, you know, going on medication for the first time for her mental health stuff and other other things that were just going on in her life. And I just appreciate that. It's a brand I've always liked you know, just for their actual content. And I respect their founder for, you know, having the bravery to share more than she needed to about why they were going to move in some new different directions. And also just pulling back the rose colored glasses of being an entrepreneur is great. It's she's like, it's really exhausting. There's new technology I have to learn every day to make sure that like, we don't get lost in the shuffle. And it's I just really liked hearing her share her experience. Oh, I appreciate that level 
of honesty, but also just that balance between care and candor, I think is refreshing. And that's, that's hard to do, especially when you've put like, especially as a, as a business and you've put so much personally into it and, and just continue to share that. And yeah, it's, it's, it's easy to share the wins. It's really effing hard to share the losses. And people who are able to share those losses in a way that it feels still human and still feels like heartfelt, I appreciate. So I should, I definitely need to check out the financial diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give her, give give them a support. It's it's good content, and like I. I understand. I don't think everyone needs to cry on the internet or share their personal story if that's just not their personality. Like, that's fine. But I do really commend those who make the choice to do that because I think it is a really heavy choice to reveal so much of yourself um, in that way. Uh, What are you giving a gold star to this week? This is a new one for me. Um, I'm giving a gold star to a recipe. (laughs) and I found it on I found on Pinterest and it's called an egg roll soup um and I'll share the link but it's from a food blogger named or the brand is gimme some oven and I've made this egg roll soup about like four times now and it continues to just be a soup that I go back to and revert back to it's like kind of like in the rotation it's it has carrots, cabbage, pork, ginger. You can make it with chicken broth. You can make it with veggie broth. Um, and it gives me sort of like this chicken soup vibe of just being really hearty and homey and warm. Um, but yeah, it's I mean, cabbage. I love cabbage. I don't know. I, my mom told because I told her I was like, I don't know. Why? But like recently in the last like 10 years, I've really been loving cabbage. And she was like, that was your favorite vegetable when you were a kid. It was like peas and cabbage. Oh. And I was like, oh, oh I'm not a peas That's- girl. <laughs> I love people, like in, in certain. No, it's OK. In certain foods, like there's a Filipino dish called apretada and it's like tomato base, potatoes, pork carrots and there's peas in it and I just like love it in that context like I don't eat peas mm. out of the can um but when done well peas are really good but cabbage is like almost my number one <laughs> anyway I'll share the recipe Ooh. really easy to make it doesn't have to be you know it, it's for the the beginner to intermediate uh cook the home cook that soup sounds so delicious. I'm really excited to see that <laughs> recipe. <laughs> For my oh, own purposes. You're, <laughs> you're going to love making it in your stob as well. Like it's. I love any excuse to use my Dutch oven. So yes. <laughs> um, what are you manifesting this week, my dear? Ooh. So mine is a little long. Um. I did not do enough research to figure out where the book or the page of this book came from, but it is by Brianna West. And she has a book out this year called The Pivot Year, which 
is interesting because that's what we talk about here. Um, but she puts puts out a lot of content around just like personal development, he- mental health, self-development, all that stuff. And this one just sort of stopped me on my tracks. I know it's long, but I promise you it's good. And I am crossing my fingers that I don't tear up because I definitely did when I first read this. Okay. Your new life is going to cost you your old one. It's going to cost you your comfort zone and your sense of direction. It's going to cost your relationships and friends. It's going to cost you being liked and understood. It doesn't matter. The people who are meant for you are going to meet you on the other side. You're going to build a new comfort zone around the things that actually move you forward. Instead of being liked, you're going to be loved. Instead of being understood, you're going to be seen. All you're going to lose is what was built for a person you no longer are. Remaining attached to your old life is the first and final act of self-sabotage, and releasing it is what we must prepare for to truly be willing to see real change. Yeah, okay, I just, <laughs> getting choked up reading it. Um, that just stopped me in my tracks. I think this just really talks about a lot of the things that we bring up in this podcast around change, accepting change, pushing forward, pivoting, you know, what's that, making those sacrifices in order to level up our life and and to to do what we truly want to do. And that does come with a cost, but I think it's a cost that if we're willing to accept it, it's really going to make us live a better life. So I'll, I'll find the book so you all can experience that yourself, feel it, but that was a great one. I love that you shared that. I have seen that quote before because I also follow her. And yeah, it is. These are the kind of things I think about a lot um, when I, you know, and you probably if you've listened to more than a few episodes, you probably know these are things that are on my mind because I'm always talking about outgrowing friendships, like things I have to give up to make space for new habits and it is hard. It, it is hard because you want to welcome in the new while not letting go of the old. Like I'm someone who's very sentimental. Goodbyes and endings are hard for me, even if they will serve me and set me free. So I, yeah, I, just, I love Brianna. I think she is a very poetic way of capturing those feelings. And I completely yeah. agree. Sometimes you have to learn how to shed what is ultimately dead weight, even though in the moment you think it's like your security blanket and the most important thing to you, like it's not like you will find that security on the other side. Um, my manifestation is much shorter <laughs> than yours. And I think it also came from a social <laughs> media. I know you're not going to hear me read a long, beautiful passage, unfortunately, but I found mine on social as well. I can't remember where. And it's just brief. Release what has released you. Let it go. Like, I I just loved it. I think there's so many times I'm hanging on to things long after they've ended. Like, I'm also guilty. And this is like, I'm having a whole separate, like, I'm in my just overall like growth season. And a lot of my conversations are about how my ego is like getting in the way of actually me moving forward. And one of the things sometimes I think about with ego, which kind of related to this quote is, you know, when you like quit a job or you're getting ready to leave something and you're like, oh, they didn't even fight to keep me. 
And it's like, why am I obsessed <laughs> with like wanting to mm. be liked and wanted by things that I don't want to be a part of? Like that's, that's pure ego. That's just me wanting mm. you to want me, even though I just want to have the opportunity to reject you and say no. And like, what's that about? Like, it's over. Re- it's released you. Release it. Move on. Let it go. And stop like living in this like ruminating in the past. So yeah, release what has released you. Just let it go. I like the the duality of how mine is so long and yours so short. But they ultimately are <laughs> saying <laughs> similar things. Yeah. Um. I liked that. Good. You know, I appreciate the social that stops the scroll and really provides some like thought provoking pieces. Um, That's the one thing that I've loved about social is the voices that get to be heard and the stories that get to be told. And we just get to experience that and and get inspired by it. So, oh, those were good manifestations this week. They were. I liked them. They they really spoke to the present what is my present moment at least so and I think probably the same for you yeah <laughs> same same yep yep um well thank you Renee I I think I said this earlier but I feel super encouraged and empowered and equipped to have future conversations around raises and promotions and I hope everyone listening does too Um, You got this. We're all learning and growing through it. And we're going to get what we deserve because we're going to ask for it. That's right. Um, I got nothing else to add. Thanks and goodbye. Have a great day, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Yeah.